Hi, John. Hey, Alex. Uh, you know what I hate? What? I hate that, like, here we are, born to be kings, mm -hmm. that we're the princes of the universe, mm. and that I am immortal, and that I have inside me blood of kings. hi yeah, And I have no rival, and no man can be my equal. Sure. Have you tried therapy? No, but I have tried Queen songs written for the much better Highlander movie the, than the one we watched, Highlander 2, The Quickening. Give me like 60 seconds, because I think we need to put, lay some stuff down here. Uh-huh. Lay it down. So in the 1980s, at some point, there was this delightful small movie called Highlander. In the Highlander, Connor McCloud of the Clan McCloud gets in a fight with another clan and gets mortally wounded, but recovers. Everybody shuns him. Oh my God, he's immortal. Turns out he actually is immortal. Ramirez, played by Sean Connery, who is an Egyptian from Spain, meets him in Scotland, somehow has a Scotland accent, finds out that there's going to be in a battle. There can be only one. The last immortal is going to get, in quotes, the prize. In that movie, the prize is something along the lines of speaking to all animals, people being in touch with the universe and gaining your mortality again. The end. Then this movie happens. I wanted to get that out there. Because, boy, does this movie have nothing to fucking do with what I just said. Yeah, it, it, it very much doesn't. In, in the sense that it almost seems like it was another movie and someone bought the script and was just like, well, we'll put Highlander in it. You know, or like, it, like, it's just, like there'd be a, a, another script and they'd be like, well, let's make this a James Bond movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so bizarre. It is. This is a Highlander movie. So, uh, John, what's, what's your history with Highlander? My history is this was probably the first one that I saw, honestly. Oh, no. Yeah, because like I was, uh, when did this come out? 1991. So I remember seeing the trailers and thinking it looked awesome because the, the set design looks awesome. And uh, yeah, there was a dude in a, in a, with wings and swords, and that seems cool. And then I remember watching a video and being like, huh, okay. <laughs> And then eventually, like, going back and watching the first one and really enjoying the first one. Uh, and then watching some of the other ones. I saw my friends were way into the TV series, which I never watched. And then there was the movie where they combined the TV series with the movies. And I went to go see that in the theater and they played it out of order. Then I don't think I've looked back since then. Yeah, my history with Highlander is uh, I'm not a fucking nerd like you, nerdlinger. Uh -huh. And I haven't seen any of them. Except for I've seen every Highlander movie. Uh, I've watched uh, all of the the original TV show, and I never watched Highlander: The Raven or whatever the hell that that spinoff one was. Yeah, that's not true. I skipped one of the Highlander movies. I didn't watch the one with Adrian Paul from Highlander the the series when he meets with Connor McCloud. No, that's not true. I ended up I did watch that one night when I was drunk. I forgot. Yeah, that's the one that I uh, saw that they played out of order. There's also like yeah. the Source, which I've never seen. Ooh, maybe I haven't seen that one. I've definitely seen part one, part two, part three, I think, is the one with Mario Van Peebles. Yes, The part Sorcerer. Part four is the one with uh, Adrian Paul. I think that's where I gave up. And then I watched a lot of the movies. Yeah, the, the, the TV most, show. Of, most of like the lore I know is just part one. I could tell you nothing else. I mean, now I can yeah. tell you about part two, but uh, like, I don't remember the Sorcerer business. I don't know Adrian Paul's whole thing. Adrian Paul is literally the exact, like, he's from the same clan. He's from Clan McCloud, except 
after Connor because I think they it's like the same story. They just didn't want to hire a, uh, uh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, I mean, come on. At least have him be a different guy. You know what I mean? That's like it's like Die Hard Two also happening on Christmas. It's like ah, it's not necessary. Yeah, it 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 was baffling. Speaking of baffling, this movie. Mm-hmm. I miss Queen a lot, and um, that's it. Yeah. So next week we're going to be watching uh, <laughs> more like Highlander I, Poo. The end. This movie, I guess we have to. All right, so we've established what Highlander One is. Let's establish what Highlander Two is. So audience at home. John and I watched Highlander 2 colon The Quickening, which is the theatrical version of this movie. If you watched it before listening to this episode, you likely watched Highlander 2, the renegade cut, a.k.a. the director's cut. Because that's the one that is available on DVD and most streaming services, which we should point out is the better one. So if you're like, hey, why did I watch this piece of shit movie to listen to your show and it's not even the right movie? I'm telling you, you watched the better one. And I'd say that with all seriousness, knowing how bad the theatrical cut is. I mean, how bad the director's cut is. Because the theatrical cut is much worse. There's nowhere to go but up. Um, this was a movie. Well, I mean, I think technically it could get worse. It would just, you would have to try real yeah. hard. Because what happened was this movie was was shot in Argentina and as a way to save some some money and during the shoot the economy basically crashed um there was there was hyperinflation there was a bunch of stuff uh allegedly there is a story um i mean there were there were a myriad of of problems on on set and in, including um Argentinians still being pissed about the Falkland Islands um, but uh <laughs> wow the big issue was that yeah the economy completely crashed there is a a perhaps apocryphal story about their money being so volatile that they had to like check in with a local ice cream stand every day. That would be their like, like base, like, okay, vanilla is this much. This is how much money we can afford to spend. Don't know about that. But the point is, is like the economy crashed. So the investors in the completion bond for the, for the production took over and they just kicked off uh, the director, Russell Mulcahy and basically like edited it themselves. And as someone that has worked in corporate video, that is the last thing that you want is the investors and the accountants being like, well, let me have final creative say. So the movie, if you've watched this movie and you're listening to us, you don't know that the Highlanders are actually, or sorry, the Immortals, aka the Highlanders, because it's easier to call them that, mm -hmm. are actually from an alien planet called Zeist. Mm -hmm. John, the audience at home, if they watch the other version of this movie, like the one that's on every streaming service, don't know that all those those flashbacks to the indeterminate past where they have to uh, fight General Katana. Mm -hmm. That's not on Earth. No. That is on planet Zeist. On the planet Zeist. Oh, and boy. What, what, and what I'm interested in, and I'm not going to watch the other version to find this out, but so on, on planet Zeist, like uh, Ramirez and uh, Connor. Connor McLeod from the Clan McLeod. Yeah. They are, they, they're trying to rebel against Katana. Mm -hmm. That gets squashed. And yes. as punishment, they're sent to Earth where they're going to be immortal. And only the only one left alive can either claim the prize of like becoming mortal and dying or coming back to Zeiss. Yes. What was the thing in the other ones? You know what I mean? Like if, if, the, if this was happening in the indeterminate past, were they sentenced to be immortal in that one? 
I don't know. I don't I don't actually want an answer because I don't want to think about this movie anymore. I don't remember. I've actually seen the other cut as well, but it was a long time ago. I feel like maybe that stuff wasn't in there. Yeah. Well, no, it had to be. I like I, I like the first one that it was not explained. It was like, this is just a thing that happens to some people. It's like a magical force and that's fine. Whereas this, yeah. the quickening is something that actually is invoked by Ramirez in a in a fantastic scene. Where he decides that uh, um, Connor McLeod's going to be become the leader of this whole thing, and um, does some sort of ritual with him where he puts his hand in water and like baptizes him, or whatever. And it's like now through the power of the quickening, we are one. Well, electric juice. You should point out it's it's electric juice. I'm sorry, it's electric he puts juice. Puts his fingers in, and there's like electric. It's, it's for loco. Yeah, and um, he's like, yeah, so we're one. And then Connor McLeod goes, well, what's the plan? What are we going to do? And he's like, not we, you. Which I just yeah. like, like we're one. What do we do? Leave me out of this. This is your problem. It's I just it's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's it's what I would like to call a mess. So wait, 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 let's let's take a step back. The movie opens. No, it doesn't. Oh, I don't even know how it opens anymore because I watched the. Okay, so it opens in 1999. In this, version. it opens in 1999, and they're talking about how the ozone layer is gone, mm-hmm. and that Connor McCloud and a guy that kind of looks like Vernon Dudley. Yes, uh, Dursley. Made and made an artificial ozone layer that blocks out the sun, and hooray! And then twenty five years later, uh, we find out that this isn't directed by Alan Smithy, which is shocking. Yes. Well, I believe twenty five years later, to get his name taken off of it, but I didn't. I, didn't I should hope so. So Connor McCloud is at a uh, a rundown opera, and the opera is lit in neon. Mm-hmm. This is the first reference I feel like that they're trying to call back the good feeling from the first movie. Yep. Because remember the big climactic fight scene with the Kurgan was with that uh, kind of neon coffee sign on top of that building. Mm-hmm. And they're setting that up and, they, and and it looks great, which is annoying how good this movie looks at some parts. Yes. Because it's a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, again, like the set design is like, yeah. Russell, Russell Mulcahy just went like, you know, I've always wanted to make Blade Runner and he just, he just ran with it, which honestly, like. No, that's like a, a regular thing with really shitty movies of this time frame. Because you have this, yeah. you have Super Mario Brothers, you have Theodore Rex that all have this same like Blade Runnery look. I I don't know if the time works out. It may be a little off, but it looks like Batman the Animated Series. Kind of, yeah. That whole bit with the neon sign is, yeah, the, the camera zooms in, like takes a long time. It goes by this statue that's like uh, celebrating 25 years under the shield. And then pans up to the opera sign, slowly goes across the opera sign, ending on the O. And then it fades to black, says Highlander 2, fades back up on the mouth of the opera singer. And I don't know how it is in the Renegade Cut, but I'm like, boy, that seems exactly like part of the problem with this movie. Where like he built this transition to go from the O to the opera singer's mouth. And they went, well, this is a perfect place for the title. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like it's not an amazing transition or anything, but just like some thought was put into it. And they went, nah, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to um, do this. Also, that font of Highlander 2 is fucking brutal. Yeah. Speaking of, of brutal, can we The talk? rest of the movie? <laughs> we, the yeah, rest of we, the movie that isn't the set design? Because there's nothing about, else good. Uh, Christopher Lambert's old man acting? Oh, he did old man acting. Yeah. I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, his, his old man acting is just to sound like, make his voice sound like steam escaping a radiator. <laughs> Um, it's, it's very bad. Pretty girl. 
I mean, really, Christopher Lambert, I don't understand in general. Like he is kind of the Gal Gadot of his day where I, I mean, I guess he's he's easy on the eyes. But man, that dude just is not a good actor. I mean, he's 80s handsome and he's vaguely athletic. So I think that's just mm. what it is. It's 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 Steven Seagal. It's you what know, we just, had at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. that's another thing that this movie made me question was when did like the Lorenzo Lamas thing become cool? Like the long hair trench coat thing. When did that become like, that's the cool side? I mean, I, I think that might be Highlander. I mean, he had a trench coat to hide his sword. Yeah, but he didn't have long hair. He had long hair in the he flashbacks. He had long hair in the past. But had, yeah. But just like that whole, like, I'm going to wear a duster and I'm badass. Yeah. Because that was a huge thing. Because like superhero comics for a while there went like, no, no, no one wears spandex anymore. Everyone just like wears trench coats and looks cool. It's somewhere in late 80s, early 90s, because yeah. The Crow is right there. Yeah, I'm just wondering and that's how... that's 91-ish? I'm just 94? wondering how it started. Yeah. I have no real answer. I'm just curious. Uh, so Connor is asleep at the opera, and mm-hmm. we hear Ramirez, who died in the first movie, which, ladies and gentlemen home, let's point out that if you've not seen Highlander 1, point number one, watch that movie, because it's delightful. It starts with a professional wrestling match, and Queen did the soundtrack. Yeah. It's great. It's, but it's Ramirez, uh, Sean Connery, dead as fuck in the first movie. Uh, he's so much dead that his quickening was taken in by another character because mm-hmm. the quickening is what they used to call the juice that came from Highlanders. And now it's the, anyway. Uh, Ramirez is an overdub saying, uh, uh, "McLeod, remember everything I taught you. Uh, remember on the planet Zeist where we met in secret." And it's like, what? Did you really just say the planet Zeist? Because yeah. I'd seen the first movie. And then they cut to the planet fucking Zeist. Yeah. Like this is, say what you want about midichlorians. This is like a hundred times worse. Like imagine being like like a crazy fan of the first movie. I mean, like this was really good. I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with this now. Oh, they're aliens and it's from a planet. Okay. He just, he just forgot for a while. Okay. I'm, okay. That's fine. But also it opens with the voiceover of the guy that died in the first movie. But he, telling you that they're from another planet. He didn't die. They are joined he, by the quickening, which is I mean, a, a term for plot convenience. Oh, quickening, Qui-Gon Jinn. It all uh, makes sense now. Yep. Uh, so uh, on Zeist. He gets the electric water gets put on him and he gives, he's like, oh, we're in touch with the quickening because that's an accent. I don't know how to do a Scottish one. Oh, it's great. Uh, I'm an Irish person. Is that Irish? No, yep. that's Scottish. I want, I don't know. Anyway, Michael Ironside, point is he's got awesome hair. Uh-huh. Wait, who Michael Ironside does? Yes. Yes. Because he has long hair and a trench coat as well. Mm-hmm. That's how you know he's cool. No, you know he's cool because he threads you with an electric eel. <laughs> right. John, why did he have an electric eel? Uh, why is that where the quickening comes character. from? No, uh, but is that the quickening? Was uh, that water? Did that have? Is that electric eel juice? Oh yeah, so yeah. So <laughs> There's basically like eel turds make you um, make you immortal. Yeah, like if you if like if you if you wring an eel out like a towel, mm-hmm. you get uh, you get electric juice, and that's where he puts it in that a goblet like the cup of Christ. Look, I, how about this? I've I've not tried that, and I'm dying. So. I can't see why it wouldn't be, why it wouldn't work. I would say give it a go. I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing else can happen. All right. So uh, they were going to plan this rebellion against General Katana. And and, uh, let's just not even bring up his name. And um, they get, it fails. It's just, why, why a sword name? So they're, 
punishment for this attempted coup is to be sent both through time and space to the planet Earth, in which the rules are stated that they're going to be immortal until they all chop each other's head off. And when the last head is chopped off, or the second to the last head is chopped off, you become mortal or you can return back to Zeist. Why did Ramirez get sent back hundreds of, if not thousands of years, earlier than Connor McLeod, if they were concurrent? Uh, question one. Bureaucracy, man. You know, someone turned in the wrong form. Uh, there was a B when it should have been an eight. Uh, I don't know. Question two. Why is immortality a punishment? Well, I, I, I like the idea of, like, the concept of almost like a battle royale thing. Well, I mean, just basically what the first one was. Yeah, you like, like the first movie. Yeah, you're, the only ones, you're the only ones that can murder each other, but you, ha- you have to murder each other. Um, I mean, although that, no, you but know, our- as, as a punishment thing that you're, you basically just created this immortal army to move against you. Um, but are you, are you the only ones that can murder each other? Like if you're in, um, uh, uh, off with their head times England and the queen chops her head off, not Freddie Mercury, the queen, like the actual queen off with your heads. Yeah. You still die. You'd still die. And te- technically, yeah, you're, you're, you can still be murdered. But the point is, is like, you guys know that you're other, yeah. that that's how you kill each other. So you have this uh, you have this edge up over everyone else who assumes they can just shoot you in the chest. Yes. Or, you know, not just cut off your head. But like so there's like an interesting concept there but it doesn't make any sense um the way it's applied here and the fact that like well your prize is you get to come back. Well, why would I want to come back? Um, but also when do you come back to? Yeah. Well, Cuz there's a time problem. So it's so let's say I mean whatever year it is on Zeist. Ramirez, when we meet him in the first film, has been around for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So let's just say hundreds of years. I forget what the actual chronology is. Before he meets Connor. Then 500 years later, Katana shows up to Earth to fight Connor. So when, when, when Zeist, John, the question is when Zeist? When doth Zeist? Um, when doth Zeist? What, but also, why do they forget? Is that explicitly said that they're going to forget? I don't recall. I don't remember them saying it, but at least that that I'm actually not too bad on because if what to me sounds like a great deal, oh, go to this paradise world and be immortal. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like, like if right now, if I go, if I march up to my local senator's house and try to overthrow him and he goes, no, fuck this. You have to go to Hawaii and, and, and live forever. (laughs) I think get in a fight every now and again. I'm not going to be too bummed out. Well, actually, see, that's what's that's what's special about these two is that most Highlanders just get sent to Cleveland. And they're like, this sucks. I want to die. Yeah. Highlander, they lied about the song. But I... <laughs> Cleveland doesn't rock. <laughs> not... Drew, we're all out to just kill Drew Carey. Yeah. Um... Ugh, now, Buzz Beer is shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, My I, accents are flawless. It's, it's, yeah, it's, this is a great app. Um, flawless means worse than a flaw, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, less than flawless. Flaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand that, that punishment, the, the time frame of it. <laughs> it also just fucking... how they get there because later, cause like there, there's like a tribunal of people that sentenced them there and like they do a thing and they go back where later yeah. just like Katana's like, well, shit, gotta go to Earth, and just does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, and this goes back to the, the the first movie and the TV show and whatever. But I let's it, it's it's brought to the fore because 
uh, on Zeiss, obviously it's a, it's a futuristic, you know, futuristic in like Star Wars features or whatever. It's, it's technology is more advanced than ours. And he understands that you have to chop the other person's head off. Why not go back in time with a gun and a sword? Yeah. And then you shoot him until he fake dies. And then while he's regenerating, you chop his head off. We're just a bazooka, you know, like exploding. Yeah, uh, like yeah. how much, how much of the head, I mean, I guess, I guess they do specifically said the head has to be removed from the neck in the first movie. But, um, no, but where does the neck start? I guess the question. So like if your entire body gets blown off and all that's left is head in quotes, neck and like a little bit of torso, but both your arms are gone. So you got like a tiny little bit of like your clavicle. Oh yeah. No, nope. Not neck. Is, does, does that count as being beheaded? Uh, yeah. Cause you have a neck. Uh, I mean like, like, no, no, it doesn't. Cause you, it's still, it, it clavicle still counts. Um, it's like the, it's like the line in bowling. Like you can still have a toe over there, but it's, you know, you're still, you're okay. still over the line. All right. So if you use a bazooka, that's like getting a Brooklyn strike. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'd say, but you see, but it's the same kind of thing. So you blow him up and then you find like, he's not just going to be like, boom, I'm better. He's probably got to regenerate or something. So you have some time to find the head and make sure to take care of that. Yeah. But, or, you know, here'd be another uh, good thing is, uh, so you send him to earth, right? Mm-hmm. And then you put him in a coffin and throw him in the ocean. That would work too. Yeah. Or like, a, you know, some kind of sinkable vessel. And then, and then that's it. Yeah. And fill then it with just, concrete yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, then you're, I think that may have been in the show. I think there was like weird things like, anyway, so none of this makes any goddamn sense. Well, it's also, and, also the thing that like the, the first movie had like their immortality. There was like a, a maudlin quality to it. Like that it is like, well, we're immortal, but like, I, I have to watch loved one dies and I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I have to be alone cause I don't know, you know, I can't let anyone on my secret. And this one's just like, wouldn't being immortal just rule? It would just be awesome. Oh yeah. He like Lambert comes back. He's like, uh, I'm young again. And then he just, he, he rails, uh, Virginia Madsen. Yeah. Looks great. Wearing, wearing sweet, sweet 1991 acid wash jeans he's looking like a fucking snack it, he's winking at the camera his best friend's back yeah dude this is yeah this is not shot up but they're like this is cool yeah it's a buddy comedy like this is this is not the heavy this is not the weight of immortality this is not the slow trudge through history like vampire stories right <laughs> the only lovers left alive fucking awesome if, if I were a, a, a Highlander or, you know, if I were a Zeistian, mm-hmm. a Zeistite and got sent back in time, I think I would get dental acrylic fangs and then become a, in quotes, vampire. Well, did Zeist have vampire lore, though? Oh, shit. They might have. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zeist has high schools. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. yeah they because have a lot of, they at have some trains, point later in the film, they have. He, yeah. He makes, he makes a high school prom joke. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, being for uh, another planet, um, like uh, Katana is hip to the lingo. Yeah, yeah, because he makes a "We're not in Kansas anymore" reference. Yep. Which interesting, you would know that from like he's been on the planet for twenty minutes. Yeah. Can't. Well, maybe there's a Kansas on Zeist, and it's like a super like relaxed place, and that's what they say when it's not. You know, like oh, I'm in danger now. I'm not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, I mean, it does, Zeiss does look like a, a desolate, uh, wind-eroded uh, wasteland. So, yeah. you know, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, 
they're aliens. It doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. So we um we we basically we're in the world and uh, we find out that McCloud is now old. Even though he looks so when he puts up the the dome in 1999, he looks like he did in the Highlander movie. So he's about 30ish. Yeah. And then when we pick up in this movie, he's somewhere between 60 and 95. And 100 depending on what he looks like yeah. or what his voice sounds like. Yep. He drives through uh the the Batman in the animated series to go get a go get a drink. After the after the opera, uh, a lady in a fancy hat blames him for ruining the world uh, because he saved them from the ozone apocalypse. Yeah. And they're mad because they can't see the sun anymore. Yep. And it's humid. Yeah, that's um, cool. But also, why is he just drinking at some shithead bar? Like, wouldn't he be like the richest man alive? Well, because he's still he's still regular folk. He's just like you and me. He's like he's like Elon Musk, just a regular guy. Yeah, it's true. So uh, she smashes him with a bottle, which is hilarious, and I really like that part. Uh, there's very little parts of this movie that I liked, so that was mm-hmm. great. Luis, who is the love interest in this movie, she's the leader of a terrorist uh, group called Avalanche, who uh, wants yeah. to take out each of the the Mako reactors. Uh, one through seven and then collapse the dome and then you know try to take back but but the clouds he used to be a a cloud yeah clouds got yeah cloud yeah cloud from the clan mcleod Mm -hmm. has a big sword yes um (laughs) i hadn't thought about this this before but we take it i actually got i actually threw myself because i so i was gonna say mako reactor and then i just realized his name is mcleod uh-huh and I went, oh my God, like, cause I was just going to say some dumb shit, but I'm like, wait, his name is actually McCloud. Yeah. Cloud. He's like the guy from, yeah, anyway. So yeah, Final Fantasy VII uh, <laughs> was a remake of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luis, the, the leader of this uh, group that tried to take down, or they stole uh, the plans to the dome, which again, what, where, did, where have we heard that before? What, what, what I love is um, their, their heist when they're infiltrating the, uh, yeah. the dome. Is that where they're like hacking the computers and doing all this stuff, and then it cuts to other workers reacting to that? It's the exact same set. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I didn't even pick it's, up on it's that. It's absolutely the same set. They're just like, oh, we'll just shoot this side of it for the workers oh, and funny. this side of it for yeah. It's pretty great. Um, so yeah, uh, though you know, some of this movie is like a little predictive. There's got people with like kind of Google Glass looking thing. That um, memory storage unit. That's kind. That looks pretty current technology for us oh sure yeah for 1991 to predict like i'm not saying it's like the most mind-blowing thing but like for a movie this shitty like their swing at the you know they're like kind of long ball swing isn't that off on some of the stuff yeah although i i I shudder at the idea of this of this movie like influencing anyone to do anything like i'm like that that can't be good if you looked at this and went i need to do something like in highlander 2 well the uh the the next scene actually is is that um katana sends a couple of porcupine men yep to earth to use hoverboards to kill well, uh mcleod and which is where robert zemeckis got the idea for the hoverboards in back to the future too well my favorite part of this is that um there's no explanation for why katana wants mcleod in theory mcleod is dealt with 
There's no indication Whoa, of McLeod. Wait, wait, John, let me slow you down here. There's also no indication why you waited 500 years. <laughs> yeah. But he just like, it just cuts back to him and he's like, ah, that McLeod guy. You know, I hate him. Uh, hey, porcupine siblings, go get him. Yeah. Now, John, if I just correct you just a tiny little bit, there's also no indication of why he didn't just wait 30 more years yeah. because he can age now. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is, there, there is, when he, when Katana finally comes to earth, he does say like, I was worried you going to come back to Zeiss. And he was like, I was going to die. Why did you do any of this? And also, what was he going to do when he got back there? Because he wasn't immortal on Zeiss. Like, even if he decided to, like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, that's why the time thing is confusing. Yeah. So I think the, I, 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 no, um, no one put any thought in this, but if someone did put thought into it, I think the idea is Katana just found out, like Katana thinks it's 1987 or whatever, the year that he kills the Kurgan and becomes the one. So Katana thinks, oh shit. I'm worried that this guy that's full of the powers of the quickening in the universe and 500 years of experience with a sword is going to come back and kill my ass. I'm going to send my porcupine friends. But okay. little does he know, 20 some odd years have passed or 30 some odd years have passed since the events of uh, that coffee shop roof where he kills the Kurgan. And that's why he sends the, the porcupines back. But I don't understand the time travel thing. Because he could have just gone back to the day he arrived in Scotland. Or, no, because uh, it doesn't make any... It's, this but let, movie let me also make... posit this. On Zeist, they have guns. No, that's why I said before. Why not yeah. just shoot him? Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah. It, uh, yeah. But I, also, I you could shoot him while... Just go back to the day he... The day that the Kurgan's uh, tribe invaded Clan MacLeod. Katana could go back because he's really good with a sword and Connor has used a sword fucking twice because he's 12, he could go back with a gun, which no one's ever seen before, shoot Connor, and then chop his fucking head off there while also, he's recovering. Also, here, let me let me posit this. Um, fuck Zeist, just go to Earth. Like, what are you trying to rule? Just go to Earth and be immortal. Like, what are you even doing? Oh, yeah. Zeist? You mean go go to the planet that's much better than yours yeah. and live forever? Yeah. yeah. Seems like a great idea. So the porcupines have hoverboards uh -huh. and suck at using them. And, well, one Though has I gotta a hoverboard, say, one has wings. One has a glider that he can't, he can't fly too far off the ground because um, he gets scared. I did very much like the kill of him f falling under the train and getting his head cut off. Yes. Not the, not the kill, but like the practical, like the effect of the head getting cut off yes. looks nice. The, the whole fight yeah. scene when, when they're attacking uh, McLeod. McLeod, uh, upon leaving the bar, he's watched a, a news report about um, Virginia Madsen's character. To which he responds, pretty girl. And um, when he's leaving the bar, she shows up and uh, is like haranguing him. And it gets into his car. And then they're accosted by these porcupine people. He fights one that he ends up falling on top of a train. <laughs> sorry, 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 John. I, I, I want you to finish that exact thought. I just need to point out that before he fights them, he throws her in a dumpster. That's right. Yes. Yes. Because I was yeah, thinking about sorry. how like like how kind of anime and video game it was where these guys show up and they're like, McLeod, you don't know me, but I need to fight you. And he's like, okay, hide in this dumpster. Yeah. Um, sorry. I just, it's yeah. So... They won't know that you're oh, here, even though they're great. watching us do this. Um, uh. But, uh, so he goes, yeah, he, he's, and, and like the fight scene is very bad. Like it's just the blocking's all, all terrible and they fall on top of a train and 
the hover the hoverboard effects look pretty good for 91 they're they're decent they're totally fine yeah. um although just like the way that scene is put together after he gets the hoverboard is bad but so he yeah he kills he fights the fights one ends up throwing it off the train the train rolls over its head um and because it's a zeistian quickening happens and uh causes all kinds of explosions like just the everything around the uh, mcleod ex- explodes and he emerges from the explosion um young again no oh, he's, he's looking like a fucking snack yeah, he's yeah. he's back baby and um the other one's like ah crap well i'm gonna fly away kind of gets his wings thing going mcleod hops on a hoverboard and there's a hoverboard chase that goes on for a long time and they're just basically going into in a circle but you just get shot of McLeod on hoverboard, shot of flying guy, shot of McLeod on hoverboard, shot of flying guy. And then eventually they uh, wait, wait, John, John, you're, you're doing a disservice. Am There's I? also ineff- ineffectual swipes at the sky that get blocked easily. Oh, and also a shot of a vendor who has no opinion about these men flying around. Yeah, He's true. just staring yes. at them and just blank face, not like... Badly acting like the only person that had less reaction was Luis seeing a man lose 30 years in his face. Yes. But and eventually uh, McLeod gets ahead of the guy, sets up like a, uh, uh, I don't know, clothesline. Clothesline. Yeah. That was cool. We said at the same time. And cuts his like cuts his head off. And then his body just delicately floats into a breaker. (laughs) Yep. Like the, the, the physics of it make less sense than the Boba Fett jetpack in uh jedi but uh yeah his body just kind of glides forward into a breaker and gets electrocuted and then this time when he gets the quickening um mcleod says ramirez and that's enough to conjure back up his old butt oh yeah you know we skipped one small thing is inexplicably there's an oil semi driving through that the guy just refuses to hit the brakes and i was fucking infuriated by it Yes, this is the this is the second movie that we've watched this week that involved careless semi drivers. Uh, that's um, true. But my favorite bit of of art design on this is so yeah the 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 tanker gets separated from the truck, and I don't know I don't know what it says on the side, but the the front of the tanker has a giant pair of lips on it, and it's coming towards McLeod. Oh, and yeah. it's just that is an amazing visual. Yeah. And so kudos to your movie for that because that, that is great. Just this kiss yeah. of death coming right at him. And it's what's great is so he gets caught on fire with the uh explosion of oil and um his clothes don't catch fire because no, his clothes are from Zeist as well. Oh god. So yeah, uh when an immortal kills another immortal, uh they both are seem like in a lot of pain and also coming with every but every nerve ending in their body. Mm-hmm. So uh uh Connor McLeod comes Ramirez back into uh existence. Yeah, spiritually. And oh yeah, what other kind of coming is there? Uh I don't so, know, I don't do yoga. Back in uh Glencoe, Scotland, mm-hmm. a performance of Hamlet is being done. To which Ramirez walks on stage and doesn't understand that this is a play. Well, he doesn't. He appears on stage. He is conjured yeah, back. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. But can we just stop? Just, <laughs> yeah. Just, John, 500 years ago uh-huh. was, was, was Ramirez was alive. You who else was alive around that time? Uh, Fucking Cloud. Shakespeare. Oh. <laughs> Shakespeare yeah. was, he's, 
Ramirez was concurrent with fucking Shakespeare. Also, he's like really old and understands what a play is. The Greeks had that shit. Why is he confused yeah. as to, oh, I'm sorry, young man. I'm sorry. You're talking to your skull. I'm going to make homophobic jokes. At yeah. you. you do. You know what a play is, asshole. Well, yeah, he, he hears people laughing and he doesn't react to it until like later he oh, realizes it's... it's a play. But yeah, I love it because the guy's doing Shakespeare. I hate he shows movie. up. And it's like, oh, hello, I'm Sean Connery. And the, and the guy's trying to act through it. And he's like, oh, who knows how these lips I've kissed, how often? And he's like, what are you, gay or something? <laughs> like, that's his witty rejoinder. And uh, the crowd is like, this rules. I can't hear she's Shakespeare, but I prefer homophobia. It, it, it's so, okay, so that happens. <laughs> and then Connery faces the audience and bows Yep. Showing intimate knowledge of theater. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, John, you know what happens next? Um, well, I think theater shut goes your on face, for a I'll while. tell you. No, 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 John, Sorry. John, you just shut up. I'm gonna tell you. That was that was rhetorical. Okay. I was waiting for you to stop for a second and say, oh no, what do you hate, Alex? You know what I hate? Is they played fucking bagpipes for the Egyptian through Spain. <laughs> yes. He's Egyptian. They they established in the first he's an uh -huh. Egyptian man that comes via Spain yep. into Scotland. Why are they playing bagpipes? The same reason there's a French guy playing a Scottish guy. No, McLeod's fuck you, audience. That's why. No, no, Lambert grew up all around Europe, and that explains his bad accent. I heard mm. him say it in an interview once, and it was the dumbest thing I've oh. ever heard. He said he grew up all around Europe, and that's why his accent's weird. God bless that goofball. <laughs> they play bagpipes, but the thing is, I'm not going to bring it up every time. But they keep calling back bagpipes. Yes. For Ramirez, All he's the time. not Scottish in the in the, yeah. in the movie. He's not Scottish. Like the first movie, it's have, that's he dresses up in flamboyant Spaniard style mm -hmm. in the first film, like a Scotsman. They actually, they have a whole scene in this movie where he's dressed up like a flamboyant Spaniard and then goes to a menswear shop and gets a beautiful suit made. And that is a thing I don't understand. So he goes to this menswear shop yeah. and he's like, really? uh, like I need to go on a long journey and I, uh, you know, I need, I need fancy clothes. And, uh, they're like, well, that takes weeks. And he gives them his earring and he's like, I need it by 3 PM. And the guy's like, hot dog. Yeah. This is a super worthwhile piece of, ju of jewelry. Like, how does he have money for any of this? I, th I so I, I I'm not I'm not defending this film, but I think what's happening is that his his earring is made out of something that is so precious. Like mm -hmm. that pearl is like a a, a fifty thousand dollar pearl, and this guy the the menswear's guy is so well cultured can recognize it on sight as oh this is you know, a year's worth of labor or whatever, you know, like this is a, a very expensive I, Yeah, he's thing. also a jeweler. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, I, like, I I need, I need you and more importantly, audience who I respect far more than you to understand I'm not defending this. I'm just, I'm just, nope, all I'm doing for the rest it. of this is trying to we're, understand. We're on, honest, you can't see this on it. We're on a Zoom call and Alex uh, is wearing a shirt that says Highlander 2, uh, has Highlander 2 posters in his room and is waving a little banner on a cane that says Highlander 2. Rah, rah, rah. All I know is that my tears are quickening. <laughs> it, it, it's, they just, they keep playing bagpipes. They keep playing so, bagpipes. And like, and this I is, mean, this is a funny dress up scene. And it's, 
interminable. When he first leaves the theater, he almost gets hit by a truck. Yes. And goes, gone are the ways of horse and buggy. And then when he's getting dressed, they're like, oh, you should take an airplane. Airplane? What is air? What is a plane? I'm very confused. Motherfucker, you figured out what a car was from four seconds of... Yes. No, a fourth of a second of not getting hit. And you're confused by air turn. Also, you're from fucking space, asshole. Because yeah. you remember what Zeist is now. When he's doing the play, the, the actor breaks character well the actor playing Hamlet breaks character and it's like what are you doing you shithead and he's like shithead what does that mean what could that possibly mean what could those yeah. two words together <laughs> yeah. possibly yeah. indicate calling someone like that's older than Rome like that well, calling someone like using poop and head can, uh, fuck so well, it's like that stupid joke in Star Trek uh, episode four where like Spock can't swear properly but it's like oh that was oh, funny yeah, yeah. let's do that here and they made it even worse somehow I'm sorry to get so like so so excited well, here. I just well, it's, I, it's tough because movie, like it's I like, hate this movie. Suburban Sasquatch <laughs> is is awful, but like it's I mean it's it it's sense. incompetent. No, it doesn't. But like no, it makes sense compared to this. Suburban Sasquatch told a story from A to B. It's a terrible story. It's dumb. It's stupid. But it's a Sasquatch shows up. A Native American hunters lady shows up. They chase them away. The end. It is an A to B. It's terrible. This makes no fucking sense. And it's based on something that made perfect sense. And that's the, it's so infuriating. Well, it's, it's, it's essentially like you are driving across country or something and you, and you stop at a, like a local fast food chain. Like you have no idea what it is, but you stop somewhere and you're like, oh, this is garbage, but I expect it to be garbage. So whatever. Versus this, which is like. This is a this is a higher end restaurant. Like money's been put behind this, and you're like, oh, I've heard of this place. It's pretty good. And uh, uh, then you go, and it's uh, it's just reheated McDonald's, and they've made yeah. no effort to hide it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's so it's it's infinitely more frustrating in in that way. But it's it's because it it seems like it should make sense, and it doesn't. It, uh, so. And also, and in your and and your simile there worked really well, but it's more like a like a Jack in the Box or like a Long John, so like like a shitty like even McDonald's is giving it too much credit. This is um, all right. So well, okay, imagine going to Long John Silver's and instead of fried fish, they just hit you in the balls. <laughs> that is much more. You mean like like Michael Ironside did when he grabbed the guy by the balls yes, through, yeah. through a window? Um, Which that's a that's a good question. Um, what is John oh, C. McGinley doing? Oh, is it? Is there a good doing? question about this, John? Yeah, what is John C. McGinley doing in this movie? Um, John C. McGinley, probably most yeah. of you know, as he played one of the insufferable characters on Scrubs. I think he was the one that was a doctor. He's, I, is he supposed to be Orson Welles? Like, what his, what is his, he's got this, like, Cary Grant mid-Atlantic accent thing going on. Also, because it, it seems like you invented the shield, Connor McCloud. How come you're not, you're, like, confused at what the company even does? I don't know. It's I'm trying to put thought into this movie. I shouldn't. No, please. Let's maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just we just quit while we're ahead. Yeah. Remember, let's. Can we get a Snyder cut of this? Yeah. All right, so uh, well, here's I, weird. Is we did two recordings tonight. We did the Snyder cut and this, and both of which are uh, weird uh, alternate version movies. Yeah, and, where like the creator ended up later going back and trying to fix it. Which, yeah. But this one seems even more bizarre because it is like, how did you have a passion for this movie? Like, because at least with, with the Justice League thing, it's like, okay, well, these are iconic characters or whatever. 
this is who cares? <laughs> Why did you do this? You know, my thought is something more along the lines of embarrassment of. Yeah. You know, my name's on this. At least at least I could put out something that's vaguely makes sense. Like yeah. just I just want to just save a little bit of face. Yeah, you know, I've got to go to sleep more of a redemptive thing rather than just like, well, my vision is more like, look, I need this to suck slightly less. Yeah. You know, um, I directed the shadow. I need it to be at least that bad. Oh, like, you know, I don't, I didn't realize I was the shadow guy. Yep. Well, uh, um, go ahead. But, but yeah, uh, so I, I, around this point or whatever, Katana is like, oh, I got to go to earth to go get this guy. And he does, um, which I, which we did skip over. And I do gen- genuinely enjoy this is when, <laughs> when he's fighting the porcupine guy and they're flying around the city. This guy just looks at the porcupine guy flying and is like, hey, do you got a light? And the porcupine guy shoots him with like a flare gun and he just evaporates. Yeah, I had that written down too. <laughs> That's dumb shit, but I weird, loved it yeah, that yeah. it was there. Um, but uh, uh, so Katana shows up and it's, it's Michael Ironside. Uh, just the, the show is a huge fan of that guy. Just a solid dude. Uh, Michael Ironside, not Katana. And he is just chewing up the scenery in this entire movie. And uh, who can blame him? Because what else are you going to do? Uh, yep. But he arrives on Earth on a subway train, then decides, well, I'm just going to drive this train. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. But he's like, I mean, I've always wanted to drive one of these. How How has he? He's from another planet. <laughs> yeah, it does not matter. But, also, uh, John, what, you're going to make the same point as I. Please go ahead. Oh, I don't know. He He cranks up the speed. To be like super insanely fast, yep. and the everyone in the car is like flying to the back of the subway car, and just in this really obvious dummy, just pile of bodies thing, and it was fantastic. That is the exact thing I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> but also, if I may, just add to your point, uh, a point well made. Hey, John, you know it's a really good way to get your head chopped off. Getting in a seven hundred mile per hour uh, train accident. Well, you don't, good you don't drive you, with your head. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I forgot that it's only the parts that are touching the wheel that they mm-hmm. could possibly be injured. Yeah. Um, real dumb. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even saying, like, even for this movie, it, uh, who cares? So <laughs> what he, do, he, he meets up with Connor as he's putting metal flowers on his ex-wife's grave. Yes. Wasn't he, wasn't his wife from Scotland? I think this was the, well, this was the more recent wife. Who I think oh. is maybe the one from the first movie or something. Okay. All right. So it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not the lady that the Kurgan raped. It was, yeah. uh, uh, okay. Okay. The, the right. I take it back. Movie. My, he, my he fault? explains it to, um, to, uh, what's her face later. Yeah. No, movies. I think I look, I'm going to admit there were some parts of this movie that I struggled to pay to. It, it was the movie struggled the, to pay attention to. It's not your fault. The movie just yeah, doesn't this, care about you. Oh, oh, John, I just, so it's. They can't, so they can't fight on holy ground, which yes. is a rule that's established in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense when you have them be aliens. Yeah, thank you. And then Michael Ironside says this. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If you don't take it out and use it, it's going to rust. I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, I know this is kind of my thing on the show, but I'm assuming it means your dick. Mm-hmm. Which, which, what is your thing on the show? Assuming things are dicks? Well, yeah, talk about dick too often. Okay. But what does that mean? Uh, You know, it just means he wants to watch Connor McCloud. He came to Earth to watch Connor McCloud masturbate. Why else would you come to Earth? 
I, I you know, asked and answered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, again, like this is another example of how uh, Katana is just Kurgan. K Katana is built out of cut Kurgan dialogue, it seems like. Kurgan was the villain in the first one played wonderfully by Clancy Brown. Uh, and it just seems like they went with that exact same character. Incorrect. The Kurgan had a little sword that flew out of the base of his sword. The Katana has a sword that extends from the front. See, the uh, action on the gimmick sword is from one side and then from the other. That makes it a sequel. I see. Okay. Sorry. I was talking about character, but uh, I could see Apology where I went, I went wrong. Yeah. He and he and uh, uh, Louise are or Louise or whatever her name is uh, are hitting it off. They're back at his his shack. So while they're while they're hanging out, uh, an intruder appears, and uh, goes to attack him. And oh, it's Ramirez! Oh, how fun! Oh yeah, Ramirez flies back to to America, mm -hmm. and while he's there, um. He he's flirting with the lady at the seat next to him. Mm -hmm. There's this weird safety video. Do you remember this part? The safety video is fantastic. Yeah. Where it's like a, I don't even know, like some dystopian thing of like, they're watching the plane go down and, and people are holding their seats and getting sucked out. Of the, it's very weird. Yeah. The way, I mean, the most, most safety videos you'll see on a, on a plane are very staid and like, oh, the... The uh, oxygen masks have dropped. Oh, well, I guess I'll put it on. And this is like, what if a plane was actually crashing? And then they <laughs> show the plane crash into a cliff. It's so weird. It's got that like 1980s, like, uh, I'll buy that for a dollar kind of yeah. thing where it's like this. Uh, but but the reason I want to bring this up is he's flirting with the lady next to him. And then he says, and I just, I, I don't know if this is what happened. So the 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 stewardess asks if she wants any, f if, if they want any food. Mm-hmm. Then Ramirez says, I never eat anything I can't identify. Yes. I guess it's like an airplane food joke. Absolutely it is. But there's no, but there's no food in front of them at the time. Uh, not that we can see. No, no, but she said, do you want any food? You don't, they don't bring down fully made food and say, hey, you want some of this? Uh, they did it in the, in, on this airline. Okay. But then follows up. He looks at her in like kind of a sexy way and says, that's not in fact true, of course. Mm-hmm. Is he saying, is he talking about eating puss? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, this isn't me being dirty. I, I, I think that's what that scene is supposed, supposed to mean. I think it's supposed to be, but it's also like, I've never seen a vagina. Is that dirty? It's really <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess back then everybody was like, soup's hairy. So you probably actually never really saw one. Yes. I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've got out there with a machete and a, and a guy. Yeah. And no idea. McLeod, I understand they're all waxed. Yeah. But I just, I just, it's like a pirate accent. I just, I have no idea how to do Scottish. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he, he, he eats that lady's puss on the plane over and then shows up in, in McLeod's apartment and they have like a fun sword fighting bro ham kind of thing. And at no, like at no point is McLeod like, surprised that his dead friend is back no yeah he expected it to happen but it's but uh, th this is an emotion i feel very uncomfortable watching um christopher lambert do like the the like wry snarky comments it feels gross oh, when he oh does it. it's real bad yeah yeah it's real bad that kind of winky like uh yeah. uh let's go get them boys like yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's real it's awful. Just, i don't like it 
Uh, I don't either. Uh, you know what I also don't like is uh, all of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's so, yeah, uh, they get introduced to uh, uh, Luis, who is there, and Ramirez is like, I guess th- some things have improved. Ew. You're fucking gross, dude. It's one thing, to, like, I get that, like, misogyny was like, you know, like, I get it. Like, you know, you're from, a, you're from the past. But that's, that's your friend's lady. Like, yeah. Ugh. Well, he just saw a vagina for the first time, so he's super stoked about it. No, he intimated the existence of a vagina. <laughs> well, so I mean, it's it's we figured out that this the Shield Company is not great. He he has gone to visit. Uh, Connor Cloud go, goes to visit the dude who um, he built the Shield with. Who oh, the Vernon Dursley looking dude? Yeah, yeah. Who works in a ventilation shaft apparently with a giant fan right behind him. And he intimates that that the uh, um, turns out the ozone layer is fine now, but the shield doesn't want you to shield company doesn't want you to know that because then they wouldn't have shield money. He also like at this point, I, I think also what's his face um, Katana shows up to the shield company for whatever reason. Oh yeah, Katana teams up with John C. McGinley for reasons. Yeah, it does not make any sense. It is, it is, uh, and I say this, uh, with all gravitas, it is baffling. Yeah. And when I say that in this movie where everything's baffling, I always, let's, let's elevate the baffling. Well, cause I like, cause he shows up and like starts flexing nuts or whatever. And Justin McGinn is like, whatever, man, you need to get out of here. And his associate just like shoots him in a board meeting, just shoots the guy. And everyone's like, yeah, this, oh, is, yeah, yeah. this is a thing we're used to having happen. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then he's fine. And I think like, they were trying to go for like a Robocop vibe, like between uh, yeah. that and the video, like I think, and then they just, I mean, just couldn't have failed worse. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the next, the next kind of thing, I don't care what happens next. The next thing, uh, is, uh, Ramirez and Connor decide to, um, break somebody out of prison for some reason. And, uh, they go to the desert, uh, and, and it is, it is awful. This is that winky thing that you were talking about. Yeah, because where think... he talks to the he talks to the security guard. He's like, "It's our first time in the desert, man. Take it easy." And it's how do we get to Vegas? Oh, it's oh yeah, that's right. Which way is that? Oh, it's so that may be cringe hard. I think that's what it is. It feels like he just learned those lines phonetically. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like he has no idea what exactly that emotion is supposed to be. Oh, uh, again, the Gal Gadot yeah. of, of the Highlander movies. But uh, their their whole plan to get into this uh, thing, and this is this is kind of awesome on on its face. It's it's pretty awesome. They're just gonna gun it into where all the guards are, and get murdered, and then come back to life later. Yeah. Uh, but what doesn't make any sense is that they put her in the trunk, Luis in the trunk. Yeah. yeah so it's... all the guards are just opening fire on this car. Yeah, it's a great plan. <laughs> it's a solid it... plan. Because it's a cool scene. They're getting violently shot up and it's, it's fun. And then, yeah, she's in the truck. It's, this movie is. Like, why did she agree to that? (laughs) This makes sense. Um, I'll make sure you won't get murdered. And then they, they have this awful machismo scene of like, Ramirez, I was shot 108 times. And he's like, oh, Highlander, I was shot 109 times. Shot your fucking dumb face. That is yeah. so stupid. It's... It is. Well, what I also <sighs> like in that scene, uh, her, because she's being checked out by the doctor, uh, Dr. Sonny Jackson, because when she emerges from the trunk, she makes it sound like she got kidnapped. And they're like, oh, well, let's take care of you. And I swear to God, the direction for that guy, the actor playing under Sonny Jan- uh, Jackson was just have fun with it. 
because yeah. he's doing this like broad southern accent and it's very terrible and it's bad it's just uncomfortable to watch but it seems like he's having a, a great time doing it um but then yeah then they come back to life and are speaking and the two guards outside of like right by their dead bodies by, uh, behind a curtain are like that sounds funny those dead bodies shouldn't be talking and then they they open the curtains and bam they they knock them out they knock out those guards and isn't that a hilarious scene yeah, and then it's followed up by um, Katana and McGinley notice that they're there, and it's like, well, 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 it's like a high school reunion down here, because mm-hmm. I wrote that line down, because cause fuck, fuck this movie. This movie beat me on a level. It's, it's like, hard, like the, the pacing's bad, it's dumb, it's like, it, like things aren't explained, and then other things are explained badly, there's no reason to care about any of it. Yeah, and... And it's people, it, it, what made it worse is one, it's a movie, uh, a sequel to the movie I like. And then two, like Michael Ironside made it worse because I like him. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that guy, and Sean Connery, because here's the thing, but Sean Connery and, and Michael Ironside really seem like they're having fun because they just went, I made money off of this. Yeah. I, like, I, I believe like they had Sean Connery one less extra day or one less day for this one. They had him like five days instead of six because he's barely in Highlander. They barely had him for that. But yeah, he can just show up and be like, whatever. You yeah. idiots will pay me and I'll just be Sean Connery. And then there's more of this. Uh, so they get trapped in, in a room oh, with a with a fan that mm-hmm. is getting dropped down. And, the, and well, this, this is this is, by the way, John C. McGinley's great plan. Because yeah. Katana's like, oh, no, like they're getting too close. And he's like, I got this handled. I'm going to put him in a room with a fan. You ever see uh, Willy Wonka? How they float up? What if I did that without the floating? So to get out of this, Sean Connery says, God, I'll take care of this Highlander. Bagpipe score starts playing, because again, he's an Egyptian through Spain. Uh-huh. He gets a glowing ball on his hand because and he's... then raise, raises the, the, the fan. Yeah, he's summoning opens... all of his life in that moment, I guess. Yeah. Opens the door to have them escape. And he's like, oh, I guess my time is over. And he, and he like zaps out of existence. What the fuck? That what he sh- he showed up, got a suit, and traveled that way to die. I mean, God bless Sean Connery because he probably got a good chunk of change to do. Yeah. It, it it makes no fucking sense. But well, then, it, please, please. Well, it's just it's also it's funny because apparently his time on the League of Gentlemen, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, was so bad that he went. No, I'm done acting. What happened on that movie? It was yeah. so bad that he went, no, but this one, he's like, I'm going to keep going. I like where this is. I like where this is headed. Well, not to, not to answer your, your, your fun question with, with an answer, but I think what happened is this, is that he was offered Gandalf and said, no, uh, I don't understand this script. Mm. I don't, I and don't lost out women in this. I don't understand this. tens of millions of dollars, mm. if not more than that. He was also offered Morpheus. And said no. Oh, man. And lost out on tens of millions of dollars. And then when League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out, I went, oh, it's some comic book shit. Of course I'll do it because I missed out on these other ones. And it failed miserably. And he went, fuck it. I don't, I don't understand the world anymore. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. Fair enough. And, and honestly, yeah. like, as much as I do like Sean Connery, um, it is to both those movies' credits that, that he is not in them. I can imagine a good version of the Matrix with him as as Morpheus. Ah, uh, see, I don't, I don't buy him as Morpheus. I, I see, I buy him more as is Gandalf than I do as as Morpheus. 
No, I mean, obviously they did more fight. Like if they didn't do the fighting stuff, but I could yeah. see him as a wizened. That I, yeah, I could yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah, I could see. I mean, obviously they can't do the Kung Fu stuff, but I could see that. Uh, anyway, then the other good thing in this movie happens where Ted C. McGinley is like, what the fuck? You just let them get away. What kind of asshole are you? To it, uh, uh, Michael Ironside responds by grabbing his testicles very hard. Ted C. McGinley's testicles. It's John. And he went, oh, that really hurt. John C. Yeah, Ted McGinley is uh, um, somebody else. Um, and uh, he's like, grabs his, grabs his nuts and throws them through a window to mm-hmm. his death. Because this movie's got very little for me to hold on to. And I went, ah, at least that was amusing to me. Yes. Well, what's great about that is that this was John C. McGinley's plan. And then he goes, you fucked up to, Kurt, to oh, yeah, Katana. Yeah, it's like, that. that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. And he's like, did I? Well, maybe. And then, yeah, grabs him by his nest, throws him out in a very, like, that's clearly a dummy falling from a, mm-hmm. like, you almost see the leg bend back. It's, it's great. So this leads to the, uh, the final epic sword fight, uh, between, uh, Katana and, um, Connor. I think we need to point out here some of the things that happened on this movie. Christopher and Lambert has very bad eyesight. I don't know if you know this, but he's nearly blind at times. I feel like maybe we talked about this during Southland Tales. Uh, it's very possible. So when he was doing uh, uh, sword fighting, he refused to use dulled swords or dummy swords. Uh-huh. To the point that he nearly had his thumb chopped off. Uh, he got another really severe injury to another finger and nearly chopped off uh, Michael Ironside's hand. Yep. Now, I may not have all of the details exactly right, but there were severe injuries because this asshole that's nearly blind kept swinging. And then his excuse was, eh, board swords are hard to, hard to swing. Why? <laughs> yep. Why does So this think about guy... that during this, this epic fight scene. Also think about uh, uh, in the movie Fortress that he's in, uh, you can see his testicles in a sex scene. Oh, is that true? Yep. Oh, good. I got to go watch that. Yeah, I don't think you're meant to, but you can. Uh, they don't call him Christopher Lambert for nothing. Ah, uh, yes, because it's um, like like bear, got... bear to, to bear. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I was you thinking know. it a different way. Well, I was saying you could see well, his testicles, like you can see a bear's testicles. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He also has little bits of paper stuck to his ass. Uh, uh-huh. It smells broadly uh, when he wipes his ass. <laughs> uh, there's a fight. There's a big glowing tube that apparently it's the runs shield, the. I guess. Uh, Michael Chiklis is there. Um, It's it's very very boring fight, and uh, he chops off uh, Michael Ironside's head, and and I felt bad because Michael Ironside says something that you cannot hear. Like he says something. Oh no no oh no! I rewinded. He says there can be only one. Oh, does he? Okay, because I I I, I was like, uh, did I miss it? I turned it up. I couldn't. And I, I could not understand enough. it. I'd listened to it two or three times, and I think he says there can be only one. But no, it is mixed really low. But, it's. But I think it's. It's that's not true. Because he was the only one, and then another one showed up, and it's fine. There could only be one at a time. So Ugh. until they send more people from Zeist, he's the last. Yes, which apparently there is an ending where he and uh, what's her face go to Zeist. It's only really? available in like one or two versions of like a European DVD that's called the fairy tale ending. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like there's a I, lot of I different mean, versions of this movie. Because there's, there's also just like, a, there's one with like more Zeit stuff. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, so he gets, he gets, he, he has, uh, he has quickening come. And then there's a voiceover from Ramirez that's like, you both have your full measure of life and to use it well, and it will be glorious. What? Yeah, I don't know. So the first, the 
so the first movie, the whole point was in part three, it turns out that once you have the prize, you can have a kid, I think. And he has a kid in it. Well, I mean, it's it's that it seems like he becomes one with everything. It's like, you know, like he can understand deer or something because like, well, yeah, but I think he also becomes mortal. I believe that that might be part of it as well. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I I just I, uh, I'm I hate this movie. I think this might be my least favorite movie that we've watched. I, it's certainly up there because um, it is like I, I feel like the the more and, and although this was, uh, you know, a s- lower budget than some of the ones that we watched, like when something like has a budget and is this bad, it's it's very frustrating. Um, yeah, this this was because there's other stuff yeah. you can, you know, like there was so much like we talked about with Suburban Sasquatch. We're like, ah, oh, they were trying. OK, and we're laughing, but we get it where this is just none of this should have happened. Like, yeah. And then then part three, they just pretend this movie didn't happen, yes. which I'm a fan of. Yeah. Where they're just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, which which yeah. that's I mean, we've talked before about like uh, um, movies and like the uh, uh, the Star Wars movies. And there was something else we watched recently where it's like it's it's trying to undo the movie that came before it. Something where it's just skip it. Just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> just yeah. do the Midwestern thing of just pushing it down and moving on with life. Yeah, speaking of that, let's just push this down and move yeah. on with life. Uh, this, no one listened to this episode. Um, if you if you did, uh, just pretend that you didn't. It's just better. No, for I you. think I think this episode was delightful. Just don't don't watch this movie. Like, no, but to ever. listen to the episode has to you have to acknowledge the movie, and I'd rather you just that no one acknowledge this movie. I you feel just, like it's, you listen to an episode of uh, of this show that you enjoyed, uh, but you can't remember what it's about. Yeah, but I mean, like a firefighter, you you know, you save a family and their kittens from a fire. You have to acknowledge fire. I'm saying we're the real heroes here, John. Oh, okay. Said we, we, as long like, as I'm a if, big shot, I'm fine with that. If this movie was two towers falling, mm-hmm. we're the 9-11 heroes in that you, yeah. you didn't have to be uh, there in 2001, but, you know, you understand it. Oh, you saved a baby? Um, I watched the theatrical cut of Highlander 2. Oh, so Jesus you, Christ. I'm sorry, sir. Let me stop on this me thing. You tell me who's an essential worker. <laughs> oh boy yeah uh don't don't watch this movie don't watch any cut of this movie um i can't i very much recommend the first one uh i may go back and watch the first one just to try to no, wipe I do. this yeah my it mind totally made me want to go back and watch the first one because I, I remember how much i enjoyed the first one yeah it's, it's it does delightful. make me mm-hmm. ponder like uh the the alleged book of the samurai the hagakure suggests pondering your death your own death at least once a day and I, instead of doing that, I will ponder why Christopher Lambert has, was ever a thing. And not like he was like the cock of the walk or anything, but like, why did anyone let him do anything? Yeah. I mean, we made a lot of movies, yeah. Yeah, made, made a good, made a good living out of it. And I think that is, that helps me because it, it tells me that all things are possible. Uh, yeah. They're all, uh, but also, least. but also that the world is a cruel realm of chaos. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we should just watch Warner Herzog movies from now on. Or just so we can finally understand what Highlander 2 movies. was. Let's just go watch Mortal uh, Kombat, baby. Oh, God, I can't wait. Hey, speaking of uh, not that, I want to thank the people that left us reviews on iTunes. And oh, I think yeah. somewhere else as well. But uh, thank you very much. You guys are swell. Uh, reviews are good. Um, if we get enough of them, we show up in rankings, and that's always good. So uh, do that. Tell your friends. Make sure to share the show. Follow us on Twitter at JawsPod. Um, we usually do this after the next recommendation, but I wanted something positive because yeah. this, this movie hurt my soul on a metaphysical level. As, yeah, this, this was a rough go. And so it was nice to know that, that, uh, people are, are 
enjoying us hurting ourselves to some degree. Yeah, I'm glad falling on our swords is, is really leading to mm -hmm. somewhere. So as long okay. as we don't cut Thank our own heads off, we're fine. Yes. Oh yeah, and and as as John and I discussed off air, if you're on Reddit, like, can you find some way to like make Reddit listen to our show? Um, because then like at least somebody will hate us and they'll download the show, so don't make us feel like big shots. Yeah. But the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about by Reddit. Oscar Wilde said that. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily Reddit. I mean, if you're on Dig, yeah. um, stumble upon, just if, uh, if, if you, know, you like what we do, uh, put the word out there. Keep circulating the tapes, as they say. Yes, ex exactly. Circulate the tapes, uh, Master Ninja theme song, etc. So, John, we at the end of episodes like to give recommendations for stuff we've been uh, imbibing, enjoying things that aren't Highlander two. Mm -hmm. So, do you have anything that you would like to recommend to the audience? Things that aren't Highlander two. <laughs> Beyond that, that broad spectrum, yes, uh, I would recommend things I've been watching recently that I've enjoyed. Uh, the Ken Russell's The Devils. Uh, we did Ken Russell's uh, Altered States on this uh, program, which neither of us were that stoked on. But uh, The Devils is absolutely fantastic. It's what if you were Catholic and horny? But Oliver Reed is in it. Uh, uh, Vanessa Redgrave uh, as a... Uh, uh, twisted nun just wonderful just a, just an absolutely bonkers movie um i highly recommend it very very good i watched uh dread uh which might be my favorite comic book movie or one of them uh oh, the one with carl urban the one with carl urban and oh, yeah, has, yeah, i enjoyed that very much i think hands down the best futuristic sci-fi drug slow-mo uh it just slows everything this makes you feel like you're living in slow motion and it's like just it's a gimmick for the movie to do cool slow motion stuff but I would totally get addicted to that drug. I think that rules. But that movie's a lot of fun. It's no The Raid, although it wants to be The Raid, but it's still a lot of fun. And then uh, 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 rounding out my trilogy of Ds, uh, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Always, It's a nice comfort show for me. So I've been putting that on and, and uh, enjoying revisiting that. Uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, best Star Trek show ever. Very yes. much enjoy it. So uh, I uh, want to be the biggest nerd in the universe. And this is actually, this is a weird uh, recommendation I'm making. So I've been uh, listening to the audiobooks of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, nice. So, who, who reads them in the, in the one? Uh, some guy. Awesome. It's just a uh, uh, audiobook reader. It's um, narrated by uh, Rob Inglis. Mm. It's just a guy with a good voice. But I, I was making fun of Tom Bombadil on Twitter just because I was... But anyway, so I wanted to go back and listen to it. But under the auspice of... Recently, there's been um, some of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's more uneducated views of certain races uh, have, have come up in his like letters elves? and whatnot. Uh, well, if el by elves you mean Jews, yes. Uh, apparently, the, apparently the dwarves were uh, based on, on Jewish people and uh, some of the ways he describes them are, whole oh, fuck. So I was like, you know, it'd be interesting to go back and, and these books that I loved in middle school and kind of thought were stupid afterwards. Uh, if I went back and with a, you know, kind of a social justice mindset, not necessarily that's all I'm going to look for, but right, right. being a better educated and better person that I was 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and it's, it's an interesting go back. Um, I think if you didn't know his views, you wouldn't pull them out. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't, you wouldn't he go, doesn't oh, write dwarves in three parentheses or anything. No, no. But I mean, it's also not like. Uh, it's not like the, the, the goblin or the, uh, the, the bank goblins yeah, in Harry yeah. Potter where it's yeah. just like, oh my God, you're literally just like, <laughs> it's like, oh, these shape changers with big noses that chop off the heads of their, like it's, 
you wouldn't notice it, but what I what was interesting to me was some of the antiquated language that's used. That it's so basically, um, I'm not going to use either words, but they refer to uh, throwing a a, a a packet of sticks on the fire, mm-hmm. uh, and then also referring to um, a, a way of blocking water that might be referred to as a kind of lesbian. Sure, but okay. these are before those terms. Well, maybe not before those, terms, but these when they were much more the common language use was the far more predominant use. Right. So it was just kind of interesting as a uh, kind of a, as a game in my head of like, what would a, you know? I read these when I was twelve. What would someone that's twelve in two thousand twenty one, you know, the antiquated language? Some of the it's just it's an interesting thought experiment. Um, I did end up enjoying them, uh, especially with an audiobook, because I can just skip all the songs, which is one of my main takeaways that I hate from those oh, books. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's uh, why I never got through The Hobbit. It was like, oh, good, another fucking song. The yeah. Hobbit has more songs than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings has a lot of songs, though. I mean, not if The Hobbit has more, they're just, they're, they're more frequent. But, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's worth a go back. Um, I think... Yeah, anyway, uh, Lord of the Rings. I, I know it's a really, uh, really obscure thing that no one's ever mm-hmm. heard of, but it was it was an interesting thing uh, going back now with, the, you know, kind of a, viewing it through a modern perspective. Yeah. Oh, you know, actually, uh, another thing, uh, really, uh, another good book I was reading, like uh, no racial problem, like a brilliant, kind of amazing book. It's this book called Periphery. It's by Alex Boland. In fact, actually, all the works of Alex Boland are really great. So you should probably go to Amazon.com and check out Alex Boland. Just, you know, just saying. There is, uh, yeah, there's Periphery. There's um, The Terravada Machine and other stories. And The Book of Lists, which is a list of those two books. Yes, yes, that's how that works. And also The Void Sutures, which I don't recommend anybody read, but it's still on there. Um, So, John, for next episode, I was thinking we continue the... um, theme of sean connery because he's a theme now excellent i love this theme well i don't this movie was terrible but uh i like the idea of doing something else so i'm for it good um well i was thinking is um we can try to watch a movie that's i don't know maybe anti-penis and pro floating head Mm. okay i'm trying to narrow that down Sex in the City 2? Yeah, I was thinking Sex in the City 2, Hannah and her sisters, or Zardoz. I uh, just watched those other two. Let's go with Zardoz. So yeah, Zardoz. Uh, it is a batshit movie uh, starring Sean Connery. Um, and a floating You know, head. the less you know, the better. Just, it, yeah. I, I rarely say this before we go into a film, but uh, if you've not seen Zardoz, this is this is probably one you want to watch beforehand, because it is... Uh, even if you don't like it, it is a it is a special cut of film yeah. that that definitely happened. It absolutely, it cannot be denied that it happened. You can try, but you will fail. Yeah, I mean, you probably could deny it in like some kind of fever dream sense, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it did it did happen. If you deny it, I will call you up. The mo- I can just tell, and your phone will ring, and it'll be me going, "Nope." All right, yeah. So we're gonna watch Zardoz. Zardoz. Uh, it's I don't know, it's available places. It's old. I'm sure you can find it. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.